Darren Williams is leaving after a very long and distinguished career in harness racing uh, to go do some good for Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Darren, good morning, and quite literally, you've gone to the dogs. Morning, Mick. Yeah, no, I have. Yeah, change of, change of vacation, so over to, to help out with what I can do there. All right, talk to us about what your new role is going to be at Greyhound Racing New Zealand and and why is it a good time to move and try something different? I think a lot of people our age do. Um, what's inspired you to do this? Oh, look, just, just something different. Um, Mick, I've been doing it for a long time and uh, the opportunity came up uh, and I thought about it for a long time. Um, I'm going to be dealing with um, welfare strategy and operations, but mostly around rehoming greyhounds uh, at the end of their life. So the, um, we have a number of partners that work with us around, um, if you like, the dating agencies. They, they provide the, the contact to the Great Mates program, which is the Greyhound Racing New Zealand program for retired greyhounds, and uh, look to move those into... Um, domestic properties as pets and they are a great pet anyone that's got one will know how, how affectionate they are and, and literally they laze around doing nothing <laughs> they have a great life Sounds pretty good um, I'm a guy who walked on to Addington for the first time when I was 11 years old and, and felt uh, a sense of greatness and almost a home about the place. I'm sure you're the same. It must be a strange thought to you that, yes, you'll still be walking on to Addington, but you won't be walking on to Addington in a professional harness racing capacity for the immediate future. That must feel odd. It was really odd this morning, Mick, um, getting up and not sort of looking at scratchings and tracks and weather and and thinking about everything that needs to be done for the day and making sure the staff have all got everything they need. It's a, it's a, it's a weird feeling, but, yeah, look, I've, I've loved the sport my entire life, well before my working time, and um, I actually went to Addington Raceway in my school uniform and said, this is where I want to work. And luckily, Trevor Davis was the uh, secretary manager at the time and, and said, come down and have a chat which I did, uh, there were no jobs going then, and he rang me a couple of years later and said there's an office junior job there, and to be honest, it was just like a dream. I mean, it was like literally like a kid in a candy store. I was already interested in the sport, but I think my first day was uh, taking fees at the trials in the numbers room in the old stable block at Addington, uh, talking to Felix Newfield, Jack Carmichael, Jack Smolensky, John Noble, all of these people, and it was just, I thought... Heavens above, I'm actually getting paid to do this. <laughs> this is just great fun. Uh, and, you know, I've been in love with it my entire life. I've seen a lot of changes, obviously, but it's a, it's a fantastic sport. Darren, I've been lucky enough to work uh, with you. I followed you uh, into your job at Addington Raceway when you went to HRNZ, and, of course, you had a uh, quarter of a century there. What about some of the people that influenced you? And I, you think of people like Trevor <laughs> Davis, uh, obviously Tony Lai, Brian Rabbit, uh, Barry Johnson had a big part to play in your early development. Yeah, look, all of those guys. Um, when I was at Addington, of course, um, both Brian and Tony uh, in the racing department, uh, you know, a lot of influence there, a lot of um, skill. Um, I can remember making mistakes and being dressed down by Tony and, and made sure that I did things the, the right way and the way that Addington should do them. And we, and to this day, we still double-check everything and triple-check everything the way that we used to. Uh, Barry Johnson, just a, a legend of the game. The amount of money that he used to get in and sponsorship was incredible. 
And as we were talking the other day, Greg Barry was actually instigated the Canterbury television coverage of racing here in Canterbury well before Trackside were broadcasting or what was Action TV, I think, when it started. But, um, you know, we were lucky in Canterbury to have racing being broadcast from Addington pretty much on a weekly basis. I think Rob Wilkinson was the, the host at the time, but that was something unique and Barry was really influential in that, in that space with Canterbury Television. Was that one of the biggest innovations, I suppose, in the sport, alongside Jetbet, you were telling me the other day? Well, Jetbet was huge. Um, I was there when that happened. Uh, such a dramatic change for punters to have to fill in what were basically computer forms, <laughs> unique for a lot of people at the time, but I think TAB did a really good job with that when that came in. And we had people all over the course helping people. Of course, in those days, it wasn't... Um, unlike 10 over on course to be four or 500,000 on course, only meetings could do a million dollars. Um, so we had a lot of people on course, so getting them to transition to something different was was unique. Um, yeah, there's, there's been other things through the time. I think it was one of the big ones. Uh, but yeah, changing from uh, a sport that you went to watch to being able to watch it in the home was a dramatic change. Of course, it did lift the turnover initially, but of course it perhaps waned interest a wee bit in, in the actual event apart from the big carnivals or the country meetings. Yeah, but of course then you had to become innovative yourself with all of those sporting nights and punting competitions on course. Um, Darren, over that time you've seen some outstanding horses and I know your favourite horse and coincidentally it's the same favourite horse as Michael Guerin. There was a mare in the 80s that really took your eye. Yeah, I think uh, Bonnie's chance was that one, Greg. But I think it was it was more so Richard Brosnan. It was I was very young, obviously, and the the colours were outstanding. Everything he did was immaculate. Um, the horses obviously run. He had a you know a uniqueness of of holding horses up and them storming home. I heard Mick talking a wee bit earlier on a wee bit the way Ricky May drives it. At, at times, there's always plenty left in the tank, and they're always roaring home, but. Uh, she was she was lightning Bonnie's chance and and she was the one that I fell in love with. But there were plenty there were plenty of others. Lord Modules, Alamets, and Free for All was just something phenomenal. Um, mainly because of his behaviour leading up to it and the way he he was the darling of the crowd, but also the enemy of the punter. Um, and and to beat the field that he beat and to run past the Gamalites, hands down Bonnie's chance, Armalite, uh, and do it the way he did just set the crowd alight. I can remember as he galloped in the score up again, looking like he would take no part, but all of a sudden started pacing. And Rion Merthyr said at the time, Lord Module's pacing, and the crowd started roaring from that point. And the race was 2,600 metres, and it got louder and louder and louder. And as he turned for home, there was no chance he was winning. And it was just something phenomenal. People running from the grandstand down to the birdcage to see him, just something that was you know, unique to harness racing at the time. Mate, I've never know, didn't know that that Bonnie's Chance was your favourite horse. She was, um, she was my, she was the horse that got me into harness racing. Funny enough, when she won the Wellington Cup, I remember hearing her and thinking, "Oh, I love that." And uh, yeah, she probably ruined my life. Um, about it for you, what was the, um, what's the favourite New Zealand Cup? What's the New Zealand Cup that sticks in your mind? Because I think for most people, and particularly Kent Hebrians, who love harness racing, the Cup, as they call it, is the biggest. Oh, look, there's lots of them. Mick, obviously, even before I was working as a youngster, Bonnie's Chance, of course, being 
uh, taken out of the cut with Wapro stopping in front of her um, when Armalite took off and cleared out. And then her pretty much doing exactly the same thing a year later when she won the cup, she was able to just get well away from them. was a big thrill. But I think, if I, if I really think about it, the performance that really stood out was Lazarus when he just unleashed and he just kept going and going and going and just cleared out. And you thought, this is an absolute superstar. Uh, that was probably the cup in my you know, recent memory that I, that I think stood out the most. Me too. Uh, beat two subsequent Inter-Dominion winners in Smolder and Tiger Tara. So yes, it's the greatest modern day harness racing performance of the last decade I've seen. And there's a few horses being banded around as world champions at the moment. Uh, the difference is Lazarus actually went to America and beat the best. Darren, on a personal note, thank you for <clears throat> what you've done for harness racing. Uh, as I was telling the listeners, I spent so much time, probably every day I had to ring you to ask you for harness racing updates over COVID, uh, and you were the most efficient racing administrator I dealt with. So, mate, thank you for, on behalf of a lot of people, um, I know you're going to the dogs, but we'll see you at Addington again. It's going to be a strange old moment when you when you go to New Zealand Cup Day. You don't have to do any work, and you don't have to stress, and you don't get to go out of the office, and you can you might be able to have a glass of wine and enjoy yourself. You know, we'll be on with Mac, yeah, just enjoy the day, but... um. Yeah, look, I've enjoyed my time in, in race in harness racing. There's been a lot, a lot of change, a lot of things happening. Uh, stake boosts that we've had just recently. Are, uh, we've had a, you know, a lot of things over the over the years. Not only the COVID situation, but the earthquakes in Canterbury were were horrific to deal with, and and trying to to manage all of that, you know, with with the rest of the team. And um, I think probably the thing that really sticks in the in the crawl, which will be the same for Greg, was running the New Zealand Cup behind closed doors. Uh, it was actually more work than the running it with 15,000 people there, um, just trying to get everything in order. And we had, of course, the police on the course, and we had licensing people on the course and all sorts of things like that. But I think the look on the staff's face at the end of the day was just so deflating to, to not be able to put the cup on as we normally would, would be able to celebrate. And I think that was one of the greatest things last year was when everything bounced back and we ran a New Zealand Cup with record turnover the two days, 13.3 million, well and truly the biggest race meeting turnover-wise in New Zealand history. Uh, New Zealand Cup Day holds seven of the top ten spots of all time. So we're able to bounce back from some of those those challenges and, and uh, celebrate as we would like to in Canterbury as, with New Zealand Trotting Cup as part of the, the Cup Week Carnival, which is just unique to New Zealand racing. Darren, on behalf of all of us, thank you, and we will see you at the Dogs and at Addington.